Mr. Pop. I reckon I'd be an alright cricket umpire. Oh, no, you wouldn't. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Are you ready for that, Brian? Yes, I am. Do I have to do like a, a ballroom blitz start to this program? Are you ready, Brian? Finey, uh, yes. Kev. All right, fellas, let's go. I heard that on the radio on the weekend. That's what made me think of it. But I. Um, <laughs> yes, that's exactly how it goes. I'd Probably rather... the worst intro we've ever had, Kev. No, wait, I'm getting to that. Oh. I'd rather be a sparrow than a snail. Yes, I would. If I could, I surely would. I'd rather be a hammer than a nail. Yes, I would. If I only could, I surely would. And that's how we start this edition of uh, of Rock and Roll. I'm Kevin Hillier. That's a lyric, incidentally. will be revealed why I did that later. Uh, I'm Kevin Hillier with me, Brian Maddox. Hello. Hello, Brian. Hello, Kevin. Hello, Mark. And hello to you at home. I've just heard that our boys are storming the beaches of Normandy <laughs> and we're giving Jerry a right pounding. A pounding? So, oh, very good. So keep on dancing, everybody. Thank you, Winko uh, Mannix. And now let's go to Flight Sergeant uh, Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. How are you, mate? Well, yes, very well. Thank you. Hip, hip, all that. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to fly off, I say. We could do the whole show like that, but I don't think <laughs> I think the novelty of that would wear off even quicker than me doing lyrics from songs that are in the chart that we're featuring rather, this week. Rather. Yes, I think so. Welcome to Rock I and Roll. They use words like that. Rather. What? <laughs> yes, quite. Oh. I'm I'm famished. <laughs> <laughs> Positively. <laughs> it's frightfully cold, don't you think? Not frightfully, sir. Mm. <laughs> yes. I dare do all that may become a man who dares do more be none. I was reading some uh, Winston Churchill. Uh, there was a, a thing on one of the social media platforms this afternoon, quotes from people, but, you know, put downs that people have done over the years. Winston Churchill, marvellous way of putting people down and yet, you know, doing it in such a way that you would actually almost feel good about yourself, as he said that, you know, you were basically a turd. He was very good well, at it. Well, his most famous one was in Parliament, wasn't it? Which one? Now, it might have been in the list I looked at today. What? Which one are you talking about? There was a female politician and they locked horns and he said to her something along the lines of, um, Madam, I'd... The sort of person that for ten pounds would make yourself available to sleep with me along those lines, and then <clears throat> she said, "Sir, I wouldn't sleep with you for one million pounds." And he said, "Well, we agree on what you're capable of doing. We're now just haggling over the price." Aren't we? <laughs> uh, yes, there were lines exactly like that in the uh, in the one. Uh, so, welcome to the program. We've got a uh, we got a terrific chart this week in some ways, and a just a diabolical chart in other ways. We um, we head to 1970 for the Go Set chart from 1970, uh, and it's it's got some lovely things in it, and geez, it's got some mind numbing things in there too. How'd you find it, Brian? Well, I could have had five good ones easily, and I feel bad of what I'm going to have to leave out. And um, I, yeah, I had a clear winner for the worst, 
and um, I had to do a bit of research because I'd forgotten the other ones. But, um, yeah, I, th- I think it's a good chart for us to discuss, and there's some wonderful songs in there, um, but there are some stinkers, as you say. Absolutely. Finally, your thoughts on the chart? Yeah, look, there's plenty of good ones, and I think we'll have divergent um, tastes when it comes to picking our top three best. But, I mean, those terrible ones, I think there's going to be some gazumping because I just can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine the three that I've picked not coming, you know, not clattering into your radar. Oh, I've got plenty to choose from in the bad. Oh, not so many in the good, but I've got plenty to choose from the bad. Uh, did you pick what song the uh, the opening lyric that I used in the intro of the show was from? I'd rather be a sparrow than a snail. Yes, I would if I could. El I sure Condor would. Passa. Very good, Brian. Yes, I would. Yeah, I know that song. Yep, very good song. If Not yeah, it's in the top ten here. Uh, I'll do the top ten while we just while we're talking the chart, and then we'll move on to the footy and some other news. Uh, number 10 was Make It With You by Bread. Number 9 was El Condor Passer by Simon and Garfunkel. 8 was Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell. 7 was Julie Do You Love Me by Bobby Sherman. 6 cra- Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, Brian. As soon as I saw it, I went, oh, God, Brian's going to have that in his best three. Uh, number 6, Crack- Cracklin' Rosie by Neil Diamond. Number 5, In the Summertime by Mungo Jerry and the Mixtures. Number 4, Yellow River by Autumn by Jigsaw by Christy, and by Leapy Lee, as if. Uh, number three, Look It Out My Back Door, and Long As I Can See the Light by Credence. Number two, Spill the Wine by Eric Burden and Moore. Number one, Close to You by The Carpenters. So many good ones. And so many shit ones in that top ten. That top ten's got some absolute dross in it. Now, oh, big news, breaking news. Oh, isn't it great? What do you get when World of Sport meets Countdown? You get rock and roll, Uncanny X-Men's Brian Mannix, DJ Kevin Hillier and footy journo Mark Fine are culture, football and comedy. It's been changed. Well, I just saw it. We got it changed. I I just saw on my thing when I looked at it, it just said culture and I laughed my head (laughs) off. I thought, oh, beauty. You know, We're not what? American football anymore. We're just culture. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Steve Vischer, our producer, sent this to me uh, yesterday and said, you know, we've had a big win with Spotify. They've changed to blah, blah, blah. And I thought, yeah, that's true. Then I saw what they put it in. I thought, oh, Jesus, we might have been better off with American football. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. How are you going on the culture stakes there? Finally, are you going to bring us up, uh, you know, help us achieve that wonderful mantra of being seen in the culture Charts. The only way there's ever going to be culture on this program is, is if one of us is eating a <laughs> pot of yogurt while we're doing it. <laughs> mm. I think culture. you're exactly right. It's the culture, thing. my ass. Yes. In the words of uh, uh, Damien Average or Sir Les Patterson, absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's Jim Royal from the Royal Family. I've been, watching, <laughs> I've been watching that a bit. Is yeah. that good, is it? Oh, it, it was great. It was, you know, of its time and it's just, you know, grand, the grandmother in there, she's just, you know, she's a, all they do is sit on the couch, they're watching TV and, yep. and talking. That's all it is really. Yep. It's like, but, it's like goggle, bo- a comedy goggle box, isn't it? Because they're just yeah, sort of yeah. like, yeah. Yeah. And the grandmother, Jim just hates her, the father. <laughs> right. You know, he's just a lazy so-and-so sitting on his ass all the time. But she'll say something like, oh, Denise. Other guess who my 
tactician is the surgeon. Guess what his name is? I don't know, Nana. Go on, guess. I can't. Michael Crawford. Like on the television. <laughs> and then she'll go right around the family saying the same thing, even though they're all sitting there. Yeah. David, you know, I mean, that it, some people might find it annoying, but if you just watch it and absorb yourself, nah, it's very funny. Yeah. No, I have heard uh, very good reports about it. I've never actually – I've watched bits and pieces of it. Never Actually, I don't think I've watched a whole episode. And, and sadly, the girl who wrote it, who plays the daughter, Denise, died at a very young age. Oh, okay. I think her name's Carolyn Ahern. All right. She died very young. Okay. And we've got a, an a absolutely massive list of uh, black armbands uh, that we'll get to in just a tick. But firstly, Mannix, are you happy? Am I happy? Are you happy? I am. I'm delighted. There is there is carcasses all over the floor of the yep. Essendon Football Club today. Are you yep. satisfied? Are you happy? As it I as it, I know they're not all gone yet, but they're obviously going to be gone. Um, we'll get find his inside scoop on that in a tick. But are you yes. satisfied now? I am delighted that he's got the ass, um, and I did. Here, somebody suggested they tanked yesterday because they were absolutely pathetic, um, you know. Um, and yeah, they weren't happy with him. They, you know, his game plan was too complicated. And now that the president's oh, gone, he's dumps. gone. Well, no, you got to work with what you've got, you know. And you go right, okay, these guys are. Good at this, so let's put the game plan around that. I would think, you know, I'm not a football coach, but I probably should be. Should have been Essendon's coach this year. Um, no, I think it's great. It's okay. great, and I and I hope they get Clarkson. Finey, what have you made of what's happened and what you've heard about what's happened at the Essendon Football Club today? Now, I don't believe it's true, but if it was true, if they did not try yesterday because they had become Jack of Rutten. There's not a mm. coach in the world that should go to that club. That would be the worst group of blokes on the planet. What do they do? Get together at the pub on Thursday night. Well, I've had enough of this bloke. Yeah, unless it's not tried, get him sacked. You wouldn't want to coach that more. No. I don't think that's the case. I think. I hope so. I think the motivation seeped out of that team during the season. They showed a bit mid-season, but, um, you know, Rutten's rotten. If Rutten's rotten, what's rotten? <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, one stage I, I was only half listening to the radio and I thought someone said that Brett Ratton had been sacked and I thought, geez, that's a bit, a bit out of left field. And then they went, Essendon, I went, oh, okay, Ben Rutten. Um, I I mean, even if that – and I, I, I'm with you, fine. I don't believe it's true the players, you know, ganged up and said, no, let's not try it. But – Regardless of, of whether that's the case or whether they're just not good enough, he's he's not sacked yet, but he probably will be moved on tomorrow. The president uh, uh, gave the uh, the presidency to David Barham today, so that's changed. There's obviously going to be other people who are going to get uh, lost in the world, whether it's Josh Money or whoever oh, or Dodoro oh, my, or whoever. My mail is that he's gone. He's over. Who, Rutten? Gene Suakusa will be coaching him next week. Yeah, that's that's the I heard that on on the radio uh, around about midday today. Um, Neil Mitchell, I think. Yeah, broke. Neil Mitchell. Yeah, he did. Well, he he said the story. Whether he broke it or not, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet, but you know, it probably will play out like that. But sorry, 
I'm with Finey a bit. The bloody players have got to uh, be more accountable for this than than the coaching staff. They, they're, they're the blokes who go out and kick the footy. They're the blokes who go out at the end of the day, and none of them or very few of them get sacked on the back of their performance this year or because they have to pay 92.3% of the salary cap or whatever it is now. They're all going to still get their money next year and there's $700,000 or whatever it is. Um uh, I think I think they I think, they should be far more accountable for what goes on than they bloody will are. And I'm a player's man, well, but in this case, I reckon it 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 stinks. Well, I think that the um, the whole culture of the club got stuffed up when we did all the drug thing, and we had, we had to go through all of that. And now it's you know proven that we did nothing wrong, but that stuffed us up. And then they all got banned. And then when they came back, you know, worse fault. You know, how many people have to die, John Worsfold? Um, you know, um, he's, you know he, he was saying things like, I've got to get the boys to just enjoy football again. And that was the attitude, you know, that they had for two years. It's like, just come on, you know, do your best, enjoy, you know, win or lose, doesn't matter kind of. And that's, that's not the essence of culture. So I think, you know, there's a I don't reckon you got problem. one. No, we don't anymore. I reckon that's half your problem. You don't have one. Finally, I mean, do you reckon the players cop a big enough kick in the bum for this or not? There was a player yesterday who played so disgracefully, he should hang his head in shame. If he did it on purpose, he should be sacked immediately. If he didn't do it on purpose, he should be dropped immediately. (laughs) It was the worst game of football I've seen by an able-bodied person at AFL level for a long time. Are you willing to name him? Sam Drake. Oh, okay. Oh, what do you yeah. have? Four possessions. He got trounced in the ruck by two non-ruckmen. No Ooh. marks. No tackles. What was his bloody story? Yeah. And you can't blame the coach for that. No, that was his own doing. Yep, yep. And I, I just think, uh, and I know it's the way that, you know, that, um, the the tail wags the dog here, or the whatever. But then the players have have got the power. But by geez, I reckon it's 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 incredibly weighted against coaches being successful in in modern day footy and surviving well, and and that. Well, I remember going to the theatre one night, which was a show about culture, um, and I was sitting yeah. happened to be sitting next to Michael Malthouse, and uh, and that particular week. St Kilda had beaten somebody. St Kilda had been shit all year and they came out and beat, you know, Hawthorne or whoever was the top team. And it was like, you know, and I was talking to Lucky Phil and he goes, you know, if this was a horse race, you'd be, you know, you'd be, the stewards would be inquiring and all this sort of stuff. And he said, it's the 10%. It's about their attitude towards the game and what it means to them and all that sort of shit. So so it's the mental part, right? So if you're a coach, that big part of your job is to get their mental attitude right Mm. so that they want to go out there and play, and clearly Rutten couldn't do that. Yeah, okay. Well, that that, that very well might be the case. Very well might be the case. Well, I hope so. Oh, I think – I mean (laughs) – I, I I wouldn't think that you're the worst team in the competition in terms of the talent on your list, would you? No. I, I wouldn't have them in the bottom four 
for talent nope. on the list for what we think they can do, Finey, would you? Uh, look, that forward line's a problem because they rely on Stringer, who's a yeah. bit of a hit and miss. You know, well, it's, you know, shit or sugar with him and it's <laughs> he doesn't really play an AFL brand of ball. You know, he's he's more old-fashioned. He, he's from the 80s or 90s. He's not a modern-day team player, is he? No. He's the, he's the only prick we've got in the team and we need more pricks. We were talking about the, um, the 2000 team. And you had the Johnson brothers, you had Hardwick, you got um, Solomon, Peveril, Barnes, um, Moore, Moorcroft, Barnes. We had a bunch of, you know, hard-ass pricks in the team. Mm. And now you don't get your hard-ass pricks. No. Not a lot of them are in modern footy anymore, to be honest. They're very few and far between. Well, I like the hard-ass pricks. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I disagree with you, but. There's not a lot. That's of all right. You've got half us. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah, very good. Redefining the modern the modern version of that. Now the footy tips from last week. Read them and weep, boys. Read okay. them and weep. You got a nine, didn't you? Brian Mannix seven. Mm. Up to one hundred and six. Missed on uh, the Suns and the Bombers. Obviously, you went for the Bombers. Uh, Finey seven. Missed on the Bombers and went the Hawks. Kevin Hillier, nine. Nine, I tell you, nine. <laughs> I tell you, nine. Well done. Uh, yeah, well, only by the skin of my, you know, my teeth, to be perfectly honest. Um, and I, was, I picked Port Adelaide, so that uh, in the end that was the difference. So I'm up on 125, finally 121, and Brian's on 106. Heading into the final game. Geez, I'd love to see the the three games on Sunday all played at the same time. Oh, yeah, because it's because the dogs have a big chance to make it now. Well, a chance, yeah. So well the dogs and Carlton literally it'll come down to that, I think. Um Yeah. So if if the Carlton dogs win Collingwood. by a certain amount, yeah. If the, Carl, if the dogs win by a certain amount and Carlton lose by a certain amount. I think we can jump over them. I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's mathematically possible, but um, I think it is. I that, think you're that running about an o one percent percentage out of beating of being beating them. And if they lose, yeah, you, you got to win, and they got to lose. Yeah, but they're playing Collingwood, and Collingwood has just had a loss, so they'll be embarrassed. So yeah, yeah, and the, and Collingwood, of course, <laughs> going for a top two or a top four spot. The Swans are playing St Kilda at the same time, who are in the top four, and if they lose, I think they can drop out. So there's sort of this. Actually, actually, actually like, the Saints are still a mathematical chance, aren't they, Fanny? No. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. <laughs> that was mm. that was the no of a man uh, who that was the no of a man who's not not happy with his football team, wasn't it? If ever there was a no that had that there wasn't just a no, it was a. No. no, you bastards! No, it was despair. It was. Tone. It was funny. <laughs> it was. It was like pass the tin around, please, and give some to Finey because it's poor buggers out of out of uh, out of optimism. Apparently, Max King had a pretty shocker oh. of the day. Yeah, uh, Finey couldn't kick straight. What, what can you do? Who was the bloke from Geelong? Peter Johnston we were talking about last week, yeah, Finey. Yeah. He makes him look like a dead-eyed dick, doesn't he? 
at the moment, yeah. All right, let's get to the games and the big one on Friday night. My God, this is a big one to start. Brisbane Lions and Melbourne. That uh, that Melbourne game the other night was, geez, that was good to watch. Um, mm. Brisbane Lions and Melbourne at the Gabba on Friday night. Brian? I think, uh, well, if it was in Melbourne, I'd be picking Melbourne. But I think at the Gabba that, um, yeah, the crowd and the umpires being influenced by the crowd because it's all rigged. No, I think um, Brisbane will be keen to make a statement. Okay. Brisbane. You're going to tip Brisbane, I'm going to tip Melbourne. Finey? Brisbane. Brisbane, really? Yep. Okay. This is why you only get nine, Kev. <laughs> uh, GWS Giants take on Fremantle at Monica, so it's in uh, Canberra. Uh, no, I think the Dockers will win this one. I'm not convinced about the Dockers, but the Giants are awful. Finey? No, the Giants. Going the Giants. Uh, is this the last round teams with nothing to play for often bob up and win? No, nah, this is on four behind you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Giants or Frio, Brian? Well, I, where do Frio jump to if they, if they win this? Do they make the top four? Uh, I haven't got a ladder in front of me, to be honest. Okay. Oh, well. Yeah, yeah Frio for me. Frio for Brian. Okay. I'll Double be- chance. Yeah, they're going to win it. Okay. The purple. Uh, North Melbourne take on the Gold Coast Suns Marvel Stadium, 2.10 on Saturday afternoon. Brian? Don't you worry about my Gold Coast Suns. Max King might be a bit inaccurate, but Ben King, his twin brother, is a sensation, I'm told. So you're going for the Suns? Well, I'm just saying it because... I just like the Suns. And you're <laughs> hoping to well, be you, know, you know Ben's been out all year, not playing again until next year. Yeah, but he hasn't missed finding. No, that's true. He has not missed once. He's missed the games, but not the goals. Three are on 58 points. Uh, the four at the moment is uh, is the Cats on top, obviously, then Sydney on 60, Melbourne on 60, Brisbane on 60, Collingwood on 60 a fifth. Uh, Fremantle on 58. So, yeah, if they win, they could pop in and they could stay in, in the top four. Uh, so it is an important game from uh, North Melbourne and Gold Coast Suns. It's at uh, Marvel. Uh, I just, I just can't tip North Melbourne. I just don't think they're good enough. Finey, I'll come back to it. Okay, come back to that one. Uh, Cats and West Coast Eagles. Well, Cats obviously. It's at GMHBA Stadium Saturday afternoon at four thirty-five. That's, that's a tough draw for Geelong. GMHBA against West Coast. Were, were, was Marukna busy, were they? <laughs> Fucking joke. <laughs> they do get the rough of the green, the Cats, don't they? Fair income. Oh, they played play West Coast twice, North twice. Yep. Yeah, of course. Yep. No, they have had the rub of the green this year, I have to admit. Uh, Mr Mannix, who are you going for? What was the question? Cats, Eagles, at Catland. Just where, down the road from where you were on Saturday night. Okay, I'm going to go for uh, the Cats. Um, but I probably might put five bucks on the Eagles because they'll be paying them at seven fifty or something. Paying more than that. Yeah, I reckon two should, should be paying 100 bucks minimum. Well, even in a two-horse race. Round, round 23, last round, there's yeah. a lot of clubs that you know have nothing to play for, like, and Geelong would be one of them, wouldn't they? Geelong have got the queue in the rack. They can't finish anywhere but first. So you may as well rest your good players. They'll manage. And- well, they've been managing a few each week. They'll probably bring a few back because they've got a week off, remember? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, Farney, Cats? Yep. Okay. Uh, let's head to Essendon. Essendon play Richmond. Oh, whoop de doo This will be big on Saturday night. Uh, look, even though there's all this rubbish going on, and even though Daniel Gian-Suracusa will probably coach him uh, by the time you hear this on uh, on Saturday night, I think Richmond will win this and uh, stitch up their spot in the final. They already have, but they'll make sure they get it. Ryan? Couldn't disagree with you more. I reckon the list is fairly good. And Who's now, list? I reckon Bombers' list isn't that bad. Oh, here we go. And, and, right, they're going to be, oh, shit, you know, well, whoever the new coach is going to watch this game, you know, they'll be playing for their careers and shit. And Richmond have got nothing really to play for. Um, even my mate Kirky, not the bass player, the other Kirky, um, he says, yeah, look, you know, I think, I reckon we're a big chance. So I'm going for the Bombers on this one, especially in light of the current events. I've never been more confident of my tip now than I ever have been before. Finally, Richmond or Essendon? Richmond. Richmond, yeah. I'm with you. That rabble in the black and uh, red won't have a chance. Saturday night, Port Adelaide. Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. Uh, Port off a big win, obviously, from last week against uh, the Bombers. Adelaide off a big win as well. I'm going to tip Port. I think they'll win it and finish the season nicely. Finey? Port. And Mr. Mannix? I'll agree. Port. Port all round. Hawthorne play the Western Bulldogs Sunday at the University of Tasmania Stadium. Uh, the Doggies obviously need to win it. I think we will win it. I'm not sure that that will still get us into the finals, but I think we will win. Uh, Mr. Fine. I'll go for Bulldogs. Bulldogs. And Mr. Mannix. I concur. And the final uh, – no, not the final game. There's two to go, you dickhead. Uh, Carlton Collingwood, MCG, Saturday afternoon, 3.20. This should be massive. Uh, I think Collingwood will win this. I'm not sure they'll win it by a lot, but I think they'll win it. Uh, Mr. Fine. Carlton. Carlton. And I'll write Collingwood down here for Mr. Mannix because I know how much he doesn't like Carlton. I can't see him tipping them in this game. Let's That's find well out, assessed. kids. That's well assessed, Kevin. You were centimetre perfect with that one. Um, I will be going for the pies, which offends myself and many people that know me, but uh, no, Carlton can get stuff. They've been giving me shit all year, their fans, so no. Okay. Go the pies. Uh, St Kilda and the Swans. Finally, can you tip your mob in the last game of the season or are you past that? Um, Swans. Swans. Swans for me as well. And for Mr Mannix? It's the last game they have of the season. They'll be wanting to make a statement mm-hmm. that says, I'm just trying to put my cultural voice on. Yes, please. Uh, yes. The, this, I believe the Saints will make a statement like no one has ever heard before, no one has ever seen before, the world has never seen anything like it. Saints for me. Saints for you, Swans for me, Swans for Finey. Now, Finey, I'm looking at this and uh, we have uh, things. North, Mel- North Melbourne. I'm going from north to Bakewell. Okay, so that gives us four different. <clears throat> yep. If I've worked this out, if you and I have worked this out right and I've counted correctly, that gives us four different. So well, you're a chance. You could. Uh, could, oh, could, could but hang could on, hang on. That, that'll just give you a tie. Don't yes. you want to go for the win, Finey? Well, that is a win. If he ties, then oh. he's, equal, he's equal winner. <laughs> if I can get those four correct. And yeah, not- but he's, if he changes one more, yeah, he's, one, one, he's one, one ahead of you. 
No, I'm happy with the time. He's happy with the time. Okay. All right. So they're the footy tips. So uh, good luck uh, to your teams for the weekend. Let's hope they all get through unscathed and whatever and head to Mad Monday. Now, uh, black armbands this week. An enormous list of uh, of uh, people that I wanted to acknowledge this week. The first one, obviously, is Olivia Newton-John, who everyone has talked about during the week. 73 years of age. Um, very sad. Uh, great loss to the Australian uh well, not just the music industry, the Australian, I guess, you know, with all the work she did for cancer and all those things. Did you ever work with her, Brian? I did. Um, Toddy, who's Olivia's niece, yep. um, we did a show for cancer for her and, um, you know, to raise money as a ball or something like that. And um, I met Olivia and I got to give her a peck on the cheek so that nice. was a really big thrill for me. But she was lovely. And because um, when they did the Farnham um, Olivia tour, um, Lisa Edwards is my son's uh, godmother yep. and, you know, a close friend of the family. And so they got tickets and so Sue and my daughter Casey went to see the show and then after the show they went backstage and um, – Casey was a bit overwhelmed because he's the girl from Greece and, yeah. you know, and she, she's only a toddler and stuff. And then she just bursts into tears. And then Olivia was just so wonderful. She said, no, oh, no, you must be hungry. Come on, we'll go and get you a little sandwich. And she just took her off and, you know, so, yeah, you know, beautiful person. So, yeah. you know, big loss. No, very sad. Very sad at the age of, uh, of 73. Lillian Frank passed away this week, the Melbourne socialite at the age of uh, of 92. Finally, you have a connection there? Yeah, Lillian was my brother-in-law's auntie. And because his parents died quite a while ago, they were actually very close, her and her husband, Richard. Um, Lillian hasn't been in great nick of recent times with dementia, but not terrible, you know, up till a couple of years ago, not terrible. Um and they were very close, and certainly my two nieces very upset on the weekend. So she um, had an interesting life, and I'd raised from Myanmar, from Burma, which is interesting. Yeah. And um, you know, very big on the social scene, the social life scene, but also famous hairdresser in, in her eulogy. My brother-in-law told the story of how one day it was a Saturday afternoon, long, long time ago. Uh, she got a call from the government, from the Victorian governor, that she had to drop what she was doing and get to governor's mansion or whatever it is. And she said, "Well, I can't. I've got bookings here. I've got women that are going out tonight. Why on earth would I leave them and come to you?" He said, "Because Her Majesty the Queen needs her hair done." Whoa. When the Queen was in Australia. Wow. So she, she did the Queen's hair. Oh, wow. What happened when the Queen needed a Brazilian? Stop it, Brian. That's uh, highly disrespectful. Yes, Brian. God save the Queen. Brian, We culture. mean it, man. Culture. Right. Culture. I'm sorry for this brief interruption to our normal programming. Yes, we'll you. resume as soon as possible. Thank you. Beep. Thank you.
Uh, yeah, no, so a, a sad loss there. Um, another person who I'm sure you had uh, something to do with is, is most of us who worked in the sort of sports uh, journo stroke footy area. Jim Main passed away um, at the age of 79. Jim, a Swans historian, of course, of recent years, but a prolific book writer and, uh, and journo, I think, at the Herald Sun for many, many years, finally. I didn't realise Jim had passed away. Oh, didn't you know? Oh, okay. Oh, gee. Yeah. I did, I did some radio with Jim. What radio did you do with him? He did some early days SEM. Oh, okay. Um, one of the great curmudgeons of all time. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Took particular joy because of his long association with Russell Holmesby, their famous work, the Encyclopedia of AFL football is one of the great, the greatest edition of football, I think, in terms of literature, almost of all time. Yeah, I agree. I've got um, it's up in the back of my desk, and I use it. I use it once a week, minimum. Oh, it's a ripper, absolute ripper. But because of their close association, he had a particular distaste for St Kilda. You know, <laughs> he, he was a South Melbourne man, a Sydney man. Yes. And on radio, you just couldn't wipe the. You could hear him smiling when St Kilda was going bad. Badly, but I mean, I'd love to say. You know what I'd love to say? I'd love to say off air. Off air, he was a sweet, kind-hearted man. Not to me, he wasn't. But, <laughs> but he was—he was true to himself and a real old-fashioned journal of the highest quality. Yeah, no, he was very much so. Very much Kev, so. Kev, yes, Brian, you're going to have to get Steve to redub what. Finally, you said and say sweet, lovable man, something like that, because that's just that's just terrible what he said. <laughs> so hopefully, when people hear this, I'll hear him say sweet, lovable man, not what man. It, yeah, okay, fair yeah, 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 okay, yeah, fair enough. Uh, also passing away, Rudy Kurtzen, the uh, yeah, the cricket umpire, seventy three years of age. He was, he was he's the one who I reckon better than any that I can remember. What got, umpire was he? Cricket. South African, oh, okay. South African-born uh, cricket umpire. He was the one who I reckon got the timing of the finger perfect. He, he had the he had the dramatic pause before the finger went up. Yeah. Brian, it's not that sort of show. Um, <laughs> it's culture. <laughs> he was a cricket umpire, not a bloody oncologist. Um I reckon I'd be an all right cricket umpire. Oh, no, you wouldn't. Um, no, I, I, I know the rules. I'm good with me balls. He was good. Uh, he was good umpire. Fine? <laughs> yeah, very good. Um, I can't think of any super blues that he made. No. He, no, he was a good umpire. Driving yeah. a car accident, sadly. Yeah, yeah, very sad. Uh, Lament Dozier or Lamont Dozier uh, from the Holland Dozier, Holland uh, songwriting team who wrote, oh, you think of a Motown hit, and they've written just about everything that came out of Motown. Um, Band of Gold, Reach Out, I'll Be There, You Can't Hurry, Love, Heat Way, Baby, I Need You Loving, Where'd Our Love Go? Whoa. All of those. Uh, had eight, I think it's 18. Uh, no, 14 number one songs in America. Jeez. So that, that's just the number ones, and there's a lot of that stuff for, you know, didn't didn't make it to number one, but was all top five. But, yeah, 14 number one hits and just wrote This Old Heart of Mine and just so many great songs. So um, I think he was the last surviving of, of that trio. So um, he what passed away le- at the age of 81. What a legend. All yeah. of those songs are great. Oh, he, uh, Holland Dozier Holland, 
Um, went from Motown and then wrote a whole stack of uh, stuff for, on ABC Records and uh, just, uh, yeah, one of the most prolific songwriting um, trios. You know, you had Carol King and Jerry Goffin writing all those pop hits, but all the Motown stuff these guys wrote and they were just, they were brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Um, mm. And the other a really weird, strange one was Anne Haish dying at the age of 53 um, as a result of a car accident, um, almost a self-inflicted car accident. Um, very, very strange. And the other really sad one was Paul Green, the rugby league um, coach and, and former player and state of origin player who took his own life at the age of 49, which is very sad. Um, and uh, just, again, uh, pushes that thing that, you know, if you're if you're in a bad place, for God's sake, go and talk to someone. Find someone to talk to. Pick up a beyond phone and blue. talk to someone. Whatever it is, whether yeah. it's Beyond Blue or Lifeline or, you know, your brother he you haven't spoken to for five years, whatever, pick the phone up and talk to someone. Yeah. yeah, well said, Kev. Yeah, just, just, um, just not good. Now I'm going to move into the chart in a minute from uh, 1970, the Go Set chart. I, mm-hmm. I hacked it down. I hacked it down from 60 to 40. So as we only had because the other 20, trust me, there wasn't a lot of joy in the other 20. Mm, okay. But I've asked Finey to, uh, and I'm doing this without having asked him before the show whether he he's done it or not and ready to do it. To, to bring us a sort of a sports story each week because we're going to be losing the footy tips in a couple of weeks' time. And we Good wanted, idea. I wanted something that filled that void and something that – because because funny, one of the things I love about you, Finey, is that you know stuff about people and events and places and teams and and that in the sporting realm like no one else I've ever been associated with. And you've done stuff like no one else I've ever been associated with, from calling dogs and, you know, uh, Back Passage, Michigan, to, you know. It's Mobile, Alabama. Okay, well, it's close. It's just next door to Back Passage, Michigan. You've done all that sort of stuff, and and there's there's, uh, – I wanted to to bring that into the program a bit more. So I want to give you a little kind of, uh, you know, Finey's little moment here to tell us a a story – Kev, just before he does tell us the story, because yeah, I'm looking It's a cultural presentation too, Brian. Just this is a cultural presentation from the BBC. It's Finey's Friends and Adventures. Um, I just hope it's something about Chinese soccer or Chinese <laughs> baseball. <laughs> no, you know, no, that's no. on my wish list. But anyway, let's see what it is about. Sorry, Kev. Well, it's, about AF, it's about footy. So I yep. thought we'd start before. Yeah. Kevin Murray. The Bulldog was a fantastic footballer, Brownlow medalist, a champion, record games holder, as we know, multiple player for Victoria, but his record as a coach wasn't great. He coached Fitzroy for two seasons, and in those two seasons, Fitzroy only won one game. Oh. The game they won was the day he was playing for Victoria. And they were coached by his stand-in, Wally Clark. Not great for Kevin. 1963 against Geelong? What's amazing is it was in 1963 against Geelong. The year Geelong won the premiership. So their only win in two years of football was against the eventual premiers, and it's called the Miracle Match. Now, I can't think of another home-and-away game that's actually had a book written about it, that's pretty unusual. Um, no prizes for guessing who wrote the book, of course. Ken Peace. 
Correct. <laughs> I was going to say I was going to say Jackie Collins, but okay. <laughs> um, I mean, Geelong had lost the first nine games of the season, and they were given absolutely no chance. But it was pouring that day, and the game was played at their old ground, the Brunswick Street Oval. It was waterlogged. There's no question about it. And that was the opportunity to create a certain tactic. And the tactic was that for the first time ever, players did not play in position. It was the day when we saw the flood. Ah. The theory was that Fitzroy had a pretty decent ruckman and he was going to be the man to lead them to glory. His name was Brian Clements because they thought that he could punch the ball away all day. Now, even though it was a day when Victoria was playing, Polly Farmer was still playing. So he annihilated Polly Farmer. Wow. Not a bad hit. And they pulled off one of the greatest upsets of all time. With team, and you look at this team, I'm, I'm telling you, except for Brian Pert, there's not really a name that stands out, I guess Gary Lazarus, who went on to be a decent footballer, but he was only 17 years old at the time, and they pulled off this amazing victory, their only win in two seasons of football. So the final score, listen to this, 9-13 to 3-13. Oh, dear. So, I mean, going into the game, along with six wins and a draw, and... Going into the game, Fitzroy had lost their last 27 games of football. Good grief. Would I have been able to go to an SP bookie and put some money on that that game Maybe. in those times? Maybe. Would I the mean- players have been able to go and put <laughs> money with an SP bookie on that game? And what round was it, Finey? Round number nine. Oh, no. So it's a bit too early to be planning for the footy trip. This is what the age had to say about the game leading into the match. Today's league game at Fitzroy, we'll see a battle between two acting coaches, Wally Clark from the Maroons and Geelong's Neil Trezise. Everything points to a win for Trezise and the Geelong team should be set for its seventh victory for the season. Fitzroy's yet to win a game and wouldn't be expecting to win it against a side as high on the ladder as Geelong. The home side's two best players, Kevin Murray and Graham Campbell, are on state duty. Yes, Geelong will be without Doug Wade and Alistair Ward, but they have capable stand-ins in John Sharrock and Lionel Sharp and some other player. Yeah, it's uh, old names. <laughs> so Geelong's Ruckman Farmer, with followers Watts, Yates and Fred Wooler, should have little trouble in dispensing with the lowly Fitzroy. <laughs> An easy win for the Cats. <laughs> Whoa. There you go. And apparently no Melbourne radio station covered the game because it was expected to be so one-sided. So there's no audio of the game, footage of the game. And the Fitzroy faithful, this is an interesting one, the final crowd was 16,611. They said that at quarter time, or at the start of the game, the crowd was about 6,000. But as word filtered out, 
down Brunswick Street. They came from everywhere, and ten thousand people flooded through the gates by half time. Oh wow! Isn't that that's a that's a great story. Yep. I, yeah. I you know, I think this is a, an operation for a cold case investigation. <laughs> uh, um, the great bookie so, robbery of 1963. So what you're telling me <laughs> is that all of the things I've already discussed, but now there are absolutely no records of this game. I can't <laughs> listen to it. I can't hear it. It sounds like an enormous cover-up to me, Friday. I think you've exposed... You know, I think you're taking the podcast to a whole new level. You know how people like that? It's crime-solving It's a true things. crime podcast. Now we'll have to get Spotify to change us to true crime. True Correct. crime and, and culture. <laughs> Actually, you know, finally, as it, as it uh, happens, and this is purely, and you wouldn't have known this, I spoke to John Sharrick last week for the segment I do oh, okay. on, the, on the Bay uh, show, on the Sideline yeah. View, um, as a 1963 premiership player and an old Geelong player. Uh, we didn't go into detail about that particular game, but in doing the research to talk to him, I, I discovered that book by Ken Peace and that um, and that whole scenario about about Kevin Murray being away and Farmer playing and all all that all that, and that that was one of the few games that Geelong lost for the year. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and also that day Geelong won the under nineteens and the reserves. Uh, Fitzroy won under nineteens and reserves that hopeless in as well. It was just this very unusual day. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was at the theatre with Michael Malthouse and I uh, discussed his very point. Was so that the Malthouse Theatre? <laughs> I presume it was. <laughs> it's all about the 10% in the brain of the players on the day and that's why motivation is key. Correct. Well, all right. Thank you. Thank you. That's our cultural reporter, Brian Menex. All right. When they put when they're putting those good words in, uh, the fine is foul language. Get them to edit that bit out too. Yep, I will. Why do okay. birds? Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. Yes, the number one song on the chart that we're going to do this week. What a great, That's a great song! I, and, and can I say, finally, we'll be doing that uh, that story thing again. I like that. That's great. Yeah, I might have just muddled one thing. I think they. It was the next season they didn't win a game, so it was twenty-seven games that they would go on to lose in a row. Oh, okay. After that. Pretty unimpressive. Uh, yes. Oh, oh, Kevin Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, well, uh, some people some people should coach and some people shouldn't. I think Kevin might have been one of those blokes. All I right. Think said, uh, I think we've spoken enough about Ben Button, all right? <laughs> yes. Um, uh, go set national top uh, 60 it was, but we got the top 40 of those from uh, 1970. Uh the date, I haven't put the date on the, the chart. Oh, for God's sake, Kevin, you know, people yeah. are relying on the I know. Date. When I cut it, I must have cut the date bit off the, uh, oh. the top of it. Yeah, this could all be bullshit, like your footy tips, which you've rigged <laughs> it so is that not. you win. Don't you dare accuse me of rigging the footy tips. <laughs> oh, I'm not. I'm just repeating what Finey tells oh, me. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, uh, this chart has got some really interesting songs in it, some really interesting people in it. Um, like the Mike Curb Congregation and uh, and Flake and Candy Apple and John Williamson and Jim Henson's in this top forty chart. Michael Nesmith is in this top forty chart. It's a most interesting um, composition. Conglomeration. Yeah, conglomeration's a good word actually. 
Yeah, it is. All right. Finally, you want to go first? The number three uh, good and number three bad, and we, we, we are actually, sensing gazumping. Let me just say this. I'm good with words. <laughs> ah, culture once again. There we go. Just tick that box. Culture. Uh, that'll teach them to put us in the culture section of Spotify. Yeah, I'll be sorry you did that, boys. Right, I finally, <laughs> at the risk of everyone gazumping everyone with the bad ones because uh, they stick out like Brian's, uh, what do we got? All right, so I'm, I'm starting off with number three, good, actually. Yep. Well, I hope you don't poo-poo this, but I'm going straight to the top of the chart, number one, close to you by the carpenter. Is your, is your number three good? Yeah. Okay. What are, What's going on with your fingers, Fonny? It's like little penises in front of the screen. And <laughs> For those of yeah, you not watching us on, uh, on, on Zoom. Um, it is, Kev, isn't it? It's like it's sticking his dick in front of the no, camera. No, it's not like he's they're or doing that. many dicks. I wouldn't know what that looks like, but anyway, it, yeah, but it is affecting the sound there, fine. I knew a bloke that had five dicks. His undies fit him like a glove. Yeah, good. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh, tick that culture box again. There you go. <laughs> okay. Right, so I'm starting off with Close to You. Yep, lovely. Yep. Lovely yeah. song. Oh, I just think it's a lovely song. Yep. Yep. You know, beautiful voice, Karen. Sad story, but, yeah, beautiful voice. Yep, I and, agree. And beautifully produced. If You know, even if you took Karen off it, which you would never do, if you listen to the arrangement of the music in that song, it's absolutely her brother. Richard. Uh, her, yeah, Dick, if you know him well, Keith. Um, Dick did a great job and always did. Dick always fired up and did a terrific Just job. Just checking that culture With- box again. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, he much, I have to say, a very underrated part of the Carpenter's success, Richard Carpenter. He is. Yeah. Um, people, I think people bag him because he just refused to make her a sandwich when she asked. Oh, Brian. I'm sorry. Uh, there goes the culture for the icon. That'll be gone by now. No, good Back choice, Finey. Lovely song. Lovely, Back lovely to, song. Back to American football. Next yep, week. yep. <laughs> NFL. Uh, no, it'd be NFI. Uh, right, are you number three bad? All right, this is a Sydney band. I'm surprised they're called Flake. Wouldn't they be called Gummy Shark in Sydney? Yeah, yeah they should be too, shouldn't they? Yeah, good, good call. Um, I don't know how they were banged. I mean, and the sound production on the clip I heard, did somebody have a handheld cassette recorder? <laughs> the kick in the it was terrible. Yeah. And um, so they did a, a Bob Dylan song, Wheels on Fire, that people might know from the TV show Ab Fab. But, but yeah, which I, was Brian I, Auger and, uh, and Trinity, which did that version that you heard on Ab Fab, which is a really good version. Oh, this, it me there, Kev. This version was Ab shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I couldn't agree more. All right. Uh, number three good and bad for you, Mr. Mannix. What did I gazump you with? Um, Brian Auger. Oh, all the details about Brian Auger. Oh, and, sorry. And, and that other. Julie Driscoll, trip. Brian Auger and Trinity was the name of that. that that's what exactly what I was yeah. about to say. Right, yeah. And um, you just you beat me to the punch. Sorry, mate. No, that's all right, mate. As long as the information gets out to our beautiful listeners. Yep. All right. What do you got, number three, good and bad? Okay, number three, bad. 
is um, I forget their name. I forgot to write it down on my little notes, so I did research this. It's number 27, uh, Finey. It's, and Kev, it's No Roses for Michael. Oh, um, um, Greg Anderson, number 25. Yeah. Number 25. Really? I'm, my eyes aren't that good. Yeah, I was going to say, number 27's Long and Winding Road by the Beatles. I didn't think you'd be putting that in there. Not in the bad, no. <laughs> no. Um, no, No Roses for Michael. Um, no, it didn't really. It didn't connect with me. Um, it's I, I hate songs with the word like Michael. You don't personalize yeah, you don't the song. Like so. Well, can I tell you what the song's about? And, Please I, do. and I, I didn't research it because I didn't put it. I put it in my don't care batch because it was the theme song or the you know the song that they used in a song about someone who died from a drug overdose. It was like a, a TV drama. Of some description, Greg Anderson, I think, was an actor who might have sung a bit, who was in uh, like a telly movie called No Roses for Michael and was about the fact that Michael, I think, died from an OD. Um, and I, well, as I say, I haven't researched that. That's just off the top of my head, my memory from. Well, from well, that. I feel, <laughs> for the first time ever, I feel bad. No, it's a bloody awful it. song, to be yes, honest. That's what, oh, thank you. I, yeah. I started to feel really guilty. No, 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 don't feel guilty. It's just an awful song. My my number three good is no surprise, and it's Bobby Sherman with Julie. Uh, Do you love me? The number seven song, and um, I remember being at primary school, and me and my mate Jeff Kidd just walking around the school singing Julie, Julie, Julie. Do you love? Me? And then I had a crush on a girl called Julie Sullivan when I was about ten, and so the songs always meant a lot to me. But what's really cool about this song, if you listen to the band. Don't worry about the vocals, but just this is the band. It's stripper music. It's all played like they're playing for a stripper. It's fantastic. Um, so that's why it's my number three good, uh, as much for the lyrics, but mostly because the band, look, you know, if I could record a song with a band that sounds like a stripper band like that, <laughs> I would do it in a flash. It's fantastic. You've always said that about that song. From the um, the first time that yeah. song ever came up in a conversation with you, you've always talked about, it just sounds like the strippers are coming out behind Bobby Sherman yeah. and ba, off we go. I love it. I should have put it at number one. Uh, actually, it does. Honest. It does sound like stripper music. I must admit. Oh, look, really I recommend does. all of our listeners to go and get on Spotify and have a listen to the. I the laughed. Stripper. I laughed out loud when I saw this chart when I found it, and then and saw that at number seven. I thought, oh god, here we go. Mannix will put this in something. It'll be in his top. It'll be in his good side. That, Three, two, or one, but you've made it three. Okay. Yeah. All right. My number three. My number three. You're not going to like my number three bad, Brian. I know that um, because it's a song that is number 15 on this chart, and I'm sorry. I thought it was awful. It's I've Lost You, and he lost me, all right. Elvis Presley. Very, very ordinary song. Uh, I think he does redeem himself with another track on this particular chart. Yes. 
Yes, I would agree with that. But this, I've lost you. And it was actually listed as a double. The next step is love, which I didn't even listen to because I've lost you, lost me so much I wasn't going to even listen to anything more because I thought, no, that's just awful. So You felt, uh, the, you felt the next step was just turn it off. Yep, correct. Uh, Elvis lost me. So you lost me with that one, Elvis, number three, bad. Number three, good. Uh, good song. I think a Harry Nielsen song from memory. Um, but uh, done by Three Dog Night. Uh, it was one of their biggest hits, uh, Three Dog Night, and they had some big hits. And Jeremiah was a bullfrog and all that stuff. But uh, Mama told me not to come. Really good song. I like the, the really silly lyrics. Really sung well by one of the three singers that Three Dog Night had. And uh, number twenty four on this chart. Uh, Mama what, told what me not. Of, what was the name of the song again, Kev? Mama told me not to come by Three Dog Night. It starts out with, it's it, it, that's very. Don't start, culture, Brian. Kev. Brian, culture, culture. Kev. culture. Oh, for me? Oh, yes. How how rude of me. Mama told me not to arrive or be there. Okay. okay. Now we're talking. I'll now clean talking. that up. We'll clean that up in the culture edit that we do. <laughs> just we'll, do a, we'll do a culture edit after the show and just <laughs> take all the non-American football references out. Um, now, I, I yeah, think so Mama told me not to come. All right, well. Wish my mum had told me not. To. <laughs> <laughs> Brian. All right. All right. Finey, number two. Finey. Yes, we do. Finey brings a bit of culture to the program. Thank goodness. Thank he, looks like a, he looks like a serial killer the way he had his camera set up before. <laughs> oh, well, that's how it is. So, yeah. number two band. I've been gazumped. No roses. Mm. Oh, okay. Uh, Greg Anderson, he was a good wingman for Essendon. <laughs> good hair. <laughs> a big mullet there, good footballer. Played for Adelaide as well. Looked like an X-Man. But I don't think roses is what Michael was after, by the way. So they weren't about the roses. Give him, give him what he was after. Yep. yep. Well, I don't think Michael needed the roses because he's already a prick. No, no. No, very, very sad story. Not the lyrics, the fact that that song ever made it on air. <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. That's a good point, Funny. It is a good point. Number two, good. Now, I don't know whether Joni Mitchell came up with this line, but it is the line that the song is all about. Forget Big Yellow Taxi. But it is one of the, for me, one of the great truths in life. Yep. And, in fact, when I was on radio, I used to mention it quite a few times and mention the song because, you know, as, as people change the rules and OH&S and even football's made more, you know, sanitised, you can never go back, of course, and you don't know what you've got till it's gone. And that no, no true words have ever been said. So I think it's a good song, but it resonates with me, that one, Big Yellow Taxi. Yep. You don't know what you've got till it's gone. It's a great line, and it is her line. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. It's sensational, and there's that, there's some good lines in that song. It's a real. She's a great songwriter, Joni Mitchell. I was not always a massive fan of her singing, but she does some vocal gymnastics on that song that are pretty oh, bloody special. I totally agree with you, Mark. But um, towards the end, when she goes. I love you, Hedge, you love you, Hedge, you love you, Hedge. I thought, come on, it's been done before. <laughs> that was the ambulance behind the Big Yellow Taxi. <laughs> no, good uh, good call, Finey. Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell, who, who um, 
there was some footage on uh, Facebook of recent uh, in the last couple of weeks of her performing um, at a festival in I think it was in San Francisco, singing a couple of songs, and she's uh, she's not in the greatest of health these days, but she belted out a couple of songs, which was good to see. Um, all right, now oh, oh, whoops, I've written that in the Mannix file. Okay, the Mannix file number two. Okay, number two. Oh, gee whiz. I could have, as I said, I could have had five um, number ones and it's going to, it's blowing my mind that I'm going to leave out the long and winding road uh, from my best. It's yeah. a Beatles song that I love. But for me, number 31, 31 the wonder of chickens, really. The, the wonder of you. Your chicken, Manny. You have a very lovely voice. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I like it. Uh, now, The Wonder of You, I don't know, this song, um, I think when I was 15, I came up here to surface paradise with Lucky Phil and we snuck into the beer garden and I was wearing his eight-foot, eight-inch platform shoes so that I looked old enough. You look like a 15-year-old in eight-inch platform shoes is what you look yeah. like. Yeah, and the band was playing The Wonder of You. Oh, okay. And we and Phil went up and he had a haircut, so he just about looked eighteen. And we got some drinks. And we were sitting there, and but I just think it's a beautiful song, and it's one that when I play solo, I play it a lot. Yeah, and if cool. I go to karaoke, I go for it. So, okay. the wonder of you. Yep. Now, That's your good one. The- What's your bad one? Well, gee whiz. There's or oh, there's no shortage of possible nominees. Well, you know. Clarence Carter, he's a top bloke. He's a ripper. Um, I, you know, I have so much respect for his voice. Um, um, and, you know. I, but, I thought you would have liked that song because that sounds oh, like a song that Elvis Presley would have done, to be honest. Patches, I'm depending on you, son. It's a bit of the. I don't know. It just felt. A bit heavy-handed to me. It was like, oh okay. God, you know, like, so I had to go to, you know, I had to pick the turnips up, and then I go to school. And, uh, yeah. It's a bit of, it's a bit of the dog, you know. The dog ate my homework, and the the, the, a, the ute won't start, and the, you know, the it's wife, a bit of, the wife it's left a bit me of, for a pig. Yeah, it's a bit of a silk up. It is. It um, is I, I think he's a terrific singer, but um, you're in the bad thing for silk up points. Yep. Fair enough. All right, so uh, Patches, Clarence Carter gets the number two. My number two, good, 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago. Just always – I actually like Chicago a lot up until a point where they started to do schmaltzy songs that made me want to vomit. Uh, but before that, when they were the big production, big horn um, uh, band, uh, with the, they had a really big sound. Uh, there was about fifteen of them on stage, and they did. You know, does anybody really know what time it is? And this one, twenty-five or six to four, I really like Chicago. So that's my number two good. My number two bad. Unfortunately, I'm going to throw under the bus um, an Australian singer, a female Australian singer, um, who had a couple of big. You white supremacist, misogynist, privileged asshole. Thank you. Um, Please go ahead. Snowbird by Liv Mason goes under the bus for me. Because, uh, you know, beneath the starry, whatever, however it goes, uh, Liv, yeah. Liv had a very deep voice. 
It was in my shortlist. Delightful looking woman and uh, and had some big hits. Knock knock, who's there? She had a, the version of that uh, was a big hit for her. This was a big hit for her. Had another couple of hits and then uh, I think went off and did some cabaret work and stuff and never to be seen again. But yeah, no, Liv gets in there. One of the Fable Labels big stars of the early seventies. But unfortunately for me, Snowbird not doing the business for me. Lovely human being. Yes, I'm sure. So we come to the number one for Mr. Fine. Mr. Fine's list at the moment is Close to You by the Carpenters and Big Yellow Taxi by Joni Mitchell in the good pile, in the bad pile, Wheels on Fire by Flake. I'm trying to think who we had on The Life of Brian who was a member of Flake for a very short time, and I can't remember who it was now, Brian. Uh, And No Roses for Michael by Greg Anderson is number two. So number one, Mark Fine. Number, pardon me, number one, bad. Now, before they were 10cc, don't you start, Bron. That's what I'm going to ask, Kevin. Before Godley and Cream had some creativity with Englishmen in New York, what were they, love story? Yeah, they had come up with this song, The Anderful Man. This is, oh. I hate I hate lazy songs. This song goes no, starts nowhere, goes nowhere. <laughs> Neanderthal man wants Neanderthal girl. Indigo something. To make Neanderthal something, I don't know. <laughs> and on and on and on and on. First known drone. Look, yep. You know. I think it's when they discovered marijuana. And that was enough. <laughs> I don't reckon they, they discovered, discovered anything. Yeah, I mean, it's a terrible song. They should be ashamed of themselves. They were so bad they had to change the name of the band. Well, yes. Dreadlock Holiday was pretty good. I like 10CC. 10CC, good band. Yeah, oh, like stop it. Kevin, stop embarrassing yourself. <laughs> Get stuffed, Brian. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. were you the lead singer of the Beatles, were you? Well, you know, sometimes I was, sometimes I wasn't. <laughs> sometimes ball. No, that is tune. that is a god awful song. That hot legs thing. That is a god awful song. Terrible, terrible tunes. Yep. That's no one. That no one's arguing twice. with you for that one for number one uh, up there because that is that is an awful poxy song. That one. Even so, Rod Stewart acknowledged that the song was shit. Hot, hot but, legs. But, but he did like the name of the band, so wrote his own song, and that's another piece of rock and roll history you've heard here. I'm Casey Kasem on rock and roll. Yeah, so for the people at Spotify, change that culture to rock and roll history or trivia or something because we're probably doing more of that than we are of the culture part of it. But anyway, uh, Finey's number one. I think we should call it sex tips and then we'll get some real. I don't think we should call it that at all. Um, All right. (laughs) Just throwing it in there. Yeah, I know. Thank you. Finey, number one. Good. So, you know, there are a lot of war protest songs, as you know, and some of them were sort of subtle and you had to, Listen to the lyrics very carefully. Some of the great ones, Fortunate Son by Credence, Ohio. Who's from Ohio? Buffalo Springfield? For what it's worth. Um, Eve of Destruction. Was that Maguire? Barry Maguire, yep. And I guess the one war protest song that was needed no interpretation, it was as plain as... 
the nose on your face, but I think is a great song, is War by Edwin Starr. Yeah. And that song was actually offered to, like, The Temptations or something, or, and they said, no, that's not really us. So it did the rounds at Motown a bit till Edwin Starr grabbed hold of it. Yeah. And he gave it everything, didn't he? Yes, he War. did. <laughs> what is it good? And, you know, the lyrics are straight in your face. Absolutely nothing, you know? Yeah, it's so much better than Springsteen's version of it. I um, picked it out today and had to listen to it. And what's the singer's name? I forget, Fonny. Edwin, Edwin Starr. Man, he sings the shit out of that. He it's just really it, it, it is so freaking cool the way he sings that because I've always disliked the song, but the way he sings is like, yeah, okay, now I get it. So sorry for interrupting. No, it's, no, no, it's yeah. a good, really good choice, Funny. Close to you, The Carpenters, Big Yellow Taxi, Johnny Mitchell and War by Edwin Starr. It's a good, good, uh, good bunch of uh, songs for uh, out of this chart for your, for your best. <laughs> well done. Right, Brian, Julie, Do You Love Me by Bobby Shaman. Julie, Julie, Julie. The Wonder of You by Elvis Presley. There you're good. So your Bads and No Roses for Michael mm. by Greg Anderson and Patches by Clarence Carter. So what have you got at uh, number one? Well, my number one good song is now it's a it's a double A side, Ooh. and and it's number three, oh, and great. it's Creedence Clearwater Revival, looking out my back door, which is a great song, but I'm picking it for the other A side, long as I can see the light, which I think is just I, I had another listen to it today. It is fantastic. The saxophone sound and solo, and that is great. And it's an amazing vocal performance. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Fogarty from, sings it beautifully. Oh, uh, it's it's to die for. And yeah. you know, the point where you sort of go, "Wow, he sounds like a black guy," but he sort of it's it just it's him. And and it, I think it's a beautiful idea for a song and the way it's performed. I I, I just think it's a nine out of ten song. I just so. That's my number one good one. Yeah, it's a gospel. It's almost got a gospely feel about it. Long as I can see the light, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I guess so. But it's kind of got layers to it, yeah. like you know, yeah. it. But yeah, that's you know, and fancy me putting that ahead of the long and winding road. But I have. So yeah. There you go. Right. A great song. All right, number now, one bad. Well. Look, it was it's probably an important song in Australian history and it did, you know, make a lot of people happy. I remember it at the time when it oh, came out okay. and it was it was it was terrific and I'm sure it went well, you know, in Outback Australia. And I enjoyed it at the time, but really I've got no time for old man emu anymore. <laughs> um, John Williamson, he's a great Australian and I respect him and that, but. He can run the emu. pants of a kangaroo. hope you know that. Actually, I think, I think Ted Egan might have actually written that. You're probably right. I think he might have. Yeah. So, you know, and Ted Egan, a great Australian, but he should learn to play something other than a freaking stubby box. <laughs> You know, he can go join a band with Noel Crombie, some spoons oh, in the stubby yes. box. From Split r- r- Rock on. Anyway, that's it. Okay, so your three, uh, Julie, Do You Love Me, uh, The Wonder of You by Elvis and Credence, Long As I Can See the Light and uh, Looking Out My Back Door and Your Bad, 
No Roses for Michael, Patches by Clarence Clatter, and uh, Old Man Emu by John Williamson. My number three, uh, bad, uh, good, uh, Mama told me not to come through, Dog Night, 25 or 6 to 4 by Chicago, and Gazumped, Close to You by The Carpenters. I just love that song. Her voice makes – her voice melts me. I just listen to her and go, oh, God. Yeah. Just – it's just – it's one – her and Mama Cass are the two female voices that just – Don't say it, Brian. I <laughs> I don't, no. I don't know what to say. I didn't. No. I didn't realise the, the close connection between those two in so many ways. Uh, yes, I, I do. Oh yeah, no. you know. No, no, don't, right, right, culture. Hang on, hang on. Do Abba songs today. Hang on, there's comedy Working too. Working together. The three, the three categories of culture, comedy, and football. Go do the comedy. Well, I went to a pet shop today. <laughs> I, I didn't. I wasn't planning on any buying anything, but I ended up buying a budgie because it was going cheap. Okay, we just lost the comedy button as well. Jesus, we're really in trouble. My, um, my <laughs> number got sacked. He used to work in a pet shop. He got sacked. What for? Got caught with his hands in the trill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so I've got uh, – what have I got here? I've Lost You uh, by uh, Elvis Presley at number three. Number two, Snowbird by Liv Mason. And my number one song that I don't like on this chart, the massive, massive hit. In fact, so big a hit it was that four people did a version of it. Autumn, which was a little band out of uh, Adelaide, I think. Jigsaw, which, of course, was Johnny Chester's backing band. Christie, which is the band that uh, the bloke that actually wrote it, the Englishman that wrote it, and Leapy Lee, who was that frivolous little man who had little arrows, did a version of it too. It's Yellow River. What a bloody awful song Yellow River is, no matter who records it. Have you tried playing it while you're having a piss, Kev? No, Brian. Haven't gone down that street, but uh, I'm sure many, many occasions you've done that. You've been standing at the urinal at the Gateway Hotel in Geelong. Sure, uh, I'm bored. I can do <laughs> I'm sure yellow you've done that. River, yeah. Yellow river, yellow river, running down my leg. It's in my eyes. Yellow river. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, well, the culture the culture oh, button's God, been... Please forgive us for the sins we do. The culture button's been blown to the shithouse with this episode of this show. And uh, and mm. trust me, in the immortal words of Mark Fine and Joni Mitchell, you, you you don't know what you've got till it's gone, and the culture button now will be gone. Kevin, everything you, you is, blokes, every, everything, everything's made to be broken, <laughs> in the words of Delamitri. I was about to say, what, what song's that from? Uh, and uh, I, I probably should finish uh, with the, the lyrics of uh, one of the songs that's in this top 40. It's the most interesting song uh, in this top 40 by Bob Dylan. Do you remember that one, Brian? Funny? Uh, wank Off, Man. No, oh. no. Wig, wigwarm. No, I don't remember it. Don't remember it? Not it doesn't that. have any lyrics. The lyrics are pa da 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 pa da 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 la da la da la di da ta da ta da ta. It's it's uh, it's got no lyrics at all, and there's actually been cover versions of it. I well, because I thought well, I don't I don't know that Bob Dylan song. That's weird. So I had to listen to I, it. I think there could be a, a court case coming up because. Those are the exact same lyrics to the end of Current Stand by Kids in the Kitchen. Is that right? La, 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 la. <laughs> you know, 
It's the same words. You think Bob uh, Bob should sue Scott Kahn? Well, I, th- I think he should. Yeah. I, I think that um, <laughs> the litigious Bob's Mr. Dillon. Obvi- Bob is obviously unaware <laughs> of the situation, so um, that might be my mission for next week. Okay. See if you can find oh. a connection between Kids in the Kitchen, oh. uh, Scott Kahn, and Bob Dillon. And good, luck, briefly, good luck with that. Just briefly, I'm starting salsa lessons on Wednesday night with my um, my dance partner from uh, Dancing with the Stars, and I've been practicing. Why have you been doing that? Because she's good, and I'll be terrible. Yeah, but, but hang no, on, why, why are you doing salsa dance lessons? What are you you do? You going back on? Are you doing your best of Dancing with the Stars? No, I'm not. I just I like dancing. Actually, I know it probably sounds like that, but no. She said, we should do salsa lessons. I said, yeah, yeah, right, but I'm going to be shit house and you're going to be really good. So I don't care, we'll just do it. So anyway, we're going, I'm doing salsa dance lessons this week. So, um, Well, a report will be required on the, on the next part and a, and a cultural report, like, a, you know, proper proper thought about cult. Like you heard Finey's story tonight about that wonderful story about, you know, the miracle game that he brought to the program. Well, I want you to bring yeah. something similar next week when you talk about your, your salsa dance. Uh, you know, can you get a better place for culture than surface paradise? <laughs> <laughs> the theatre, the cafes, <laughs> the opera. <laughs> the $2 shops. It's <laughs> uh, oh. me. All right. All right. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, uh, Finey. Uh, uh, lovely catching up with both of you again, as always, and we'll do it again next week. Good on you guys. God willing. Bye. <laughs> Bye. See you. Take care, boys. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Well, I like the hard-ass pricks.